from the studios of PANJ Radio in beautiful Lambertville, New Jersey, and simulcast across the world via this thing they call the internet. Welcome to the Strike Zone. I'm your home plate umpire and crew chief producer, engineer Jack Furlong. Manning the bases for at least part of the show via the telephone is Kurt Mackison. Your two-way sports talk phone number is 609-460-4673 in case you have any questions. While Twitter is at Jack Furlong and at Kurt Mac 23 respectively. Here's the starting lineup for today's show. As I said, Kurt will join me via phone in just a couple of minutes. We will be talking a lot to break down with the Yankees and the Mets and the Phillies. Yankees played 18 innings last night. Mets have a Matt Harvey suspension that has gone berserk already. Phillies had a nice walk-off victory yesterday. We've got Sportsmanship Matters later in the show as we talk, to, talk about the feud between the Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox. And, of course, we'll be taking your phone calls, as we always do. But first, let us recap the local and national sports scene with a little segment we like to call The Quick Pitch. Well, it took 18 innings, and I stayed up to watch all of them. But the Yankees swept the Cubs with it by a score of 5-4 to four last night. Luis Severino went seven innings, giving up one run, four hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. And I'm pretty sure Jacoby Ellsbury had a homer at some point. It was all kind of a blur at that point. The Yanks wrap up their five-game road trip with two in Cincinnati beginning tonight at 7 p.m. That's Masahiro Tanaka against rookie Davis, who went to Cincinnati in the oldest Chapman deal. The Yanks then come home briefly for a four-game set with Houston, featuring the retirement of Derek Jeter's number two. Mets' three-game winning streak was snapped with a 7-0 one-hit loss yesterday to Miami. Adam Wilk came up and started for the suspended Matt Harvey. More on that later. Wilk went three and two-thirds innings, six runs, five of which were earned, eight hits, one walk, two strikeouts. Rene Rivera got the lone hit. The Mets welcome in the Giants for three starting tonight at seven. That'll be Matt Moore against Jacob deGrom. Mets then begin a six-game road trip that starts with three in Milwaukee. The Phils walked off on the Nationals six to five in ten innings. Jeremy Hellickson, four and two-thirds innings, three runs, five hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Alan Artaire had the three-run pinch hit homer to send the game to extras. The Phils are off today before welcoming in Seattle for two games starting Tuesday at 7. That'll be Ariel Miranda against Jared Eikhoff. Phils then head off for a nine-game road trip beginning with three in Washington. The Trenton Thunder had most of their series with Erie washed out, but they did split a doubleheader yesterday, winning game one, six to nothing, and losing game two, five to four. They now head to Akron tonight for three before returning home for four with Harrisburg. Somerset Patriots took two of three from the York Revolution this weekend, winning four to one. Logan Darnell, six innings, one run, eight hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Omo Rosario, two for four with a homer. The Patriots now head on a road trip for three with Bridgeport and four in Southern Maryland. And the Mercer Mud Dogs swept a doubleheader yesterday, winning 2-1 and 12-2. Two solid pitching performances in Game 1. Justin Dempsey, seven innings, one run, two hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts. Game 2 had Nick Senator go eight, I'm sorry, five innings, two runs, one of which earned one hit, one walk, eight strikeouts. In hockey, Predators beat the Blues 3-1, win the series 4-2. Orioles, Oilers beat the Ducks 7-1, series tied at 3 Capitals are at the Penguins tonight at 7.30, that uh, series 3-2 Pittsburgh. Rangers are at the Senators in Game 6 on Tuesday at 7.30. Ottawa's up three games to two. In basketball, the Cavs closed out the Raptors 109-102 to win that series 4-0. Wizards beat the Celtics 121-102, series tied at two. Rockets beat Spurs 125-104, also tied at two. Warriors at the Jazz tonight at nine. Golden State up three to nothing. In golf, 
Brian Harmon wins the Wells Fargo Championship shooting 10 under. And how about this? John Daly won the Insperity Invitational shooting 14 under. In horse racing, Always Dreaming won the Kentucky Derby on Saturday when, according to the inside joke that I tell, I didn't even think golf was on that day. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your quick pitch. As we wait for my good friend Kurt Mackison to call in, we will just get our music set up here as I'm the Lone Ranger today. Uh, Let's see. So here's what we've got cooking, as I said. Yanks played 18 innings last night. I stayed up for all of it. I am dragging today. But it, it was worth it. That, was, that game set so many records. Most strikeouts in a, in a game with what, like 48, I think? That was a major league record. Uh, over 500 pitches. Uh, longest game in Sunday night history. Uh, longest game, I think, in Wrigley Field history. Oh, my God. It's just crazy. If you went to bed... Here's what happened. So, so Aroldis Chapman blows the save in the bottom of the ninth. He's got a 4-1 lead, and uh, Cubs come back to tie it at 4. And everyone is left thinking, Aroldis Chapman, what are you doing? Are you still playing for the Cubs? So Yankees' bullpen goes out after that and throws up zeros until the 18th inning. Aaron Hicks leads off with a... Bunt single, goes to second on a throwing error. He then moves to third on a bunt by, I believe, Ronald Torres. Comes home on a, uh, infield uh infield hit by, I believe, Starling Castro, who gets the fielder's choice in an RBI there. Uh, he's, Hicks is going on contact, and the throw from Addison Russell is wide, so Hicks scores. He's got to go on contact there. There's, there's no way around that. You're in the 18th inning. You forced the hand, man. Jason Shreve comes in and... Closes the door for, I believe, his second inning of work. Oh, God. And, and we're all just on Twitter going crazy last night. I think, uh, I think the conversations I had on Twitter last night with people like our good buddy Lou DiPietro, we were, we were, we were just, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Those guys, even Joe West last night, and I'm an umpire apologist, okay? I, I, I make every excuse for umpire since I am one myself. I, I swear to God, I think Joe West was just messing with us at that point, at that, you know, like, like he and everybody on that field was basically just holding the A button and excite bike. Okay. That's how bad it was. You know, no one's hitting the B button. Maybe, maybe Aaron Hicks is the only one in that last inning who thinks that he can, he can hold, you know, hit that B button until he overheats. He's just got to get that extra boost of energy, but oh my God, just woo. Uh, I mean, I, 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 we, the, the, even the broadcasters last night were talking about Joe West as he was missing calls later in the game. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I, okay, maybe, maybe Joe West is Joe West. Okay, that sounded very Francesian. When Joe West is Joe West, he will be Joe West, okay? But think about it. If you're working 18, games, 18 innings behind the plate and it's late into, the, into Monday morning after a Sunday night start, you're not. You're, you're going to tell me you're not going to miss some pitches? Oh my God! I mean, seriously. Now, in fairness, yes, it's Joe West. But if that's like, I don't know. You know, that's Jim Wolf back there. You still got to cut him a break for the love of God. But yeah, that was just that was just insane. The jokes we were having, like, um, I believe the the Expos were still a team when that game started, and uh, if you started playing Monopoly about the same time that that game and uh, started, you might have finished that game by the time that uh, we wrapped up 
in 18 innings. Just crazy. Just crazy. On the other side of town, the Mets uh, have their own uh, type of issues. The Mets have suspended Matt Harvey for three games. This, this soap opera has gotten to be pretty ridiculous with Matt Harvey. Okay, now, now if you haven't read between the lines here, the news is reporting that this whole thing happened as a result of um, miscommunication due to a golf game and a migraine. And but but come on, I don't even think I have to explain on the air what was really happening. Okay, just just Google it. Okay, look it up on Twitter, and you'll see the picture that uh, that the rumors are spreading about why Matt Harvey was finally suspended. Okay, looking, I believe it was uh, Plowecki's Locker, Plowecki's Locker, I can't even say that, that's how tired I am, okay, that's how tired I am, Plowecki's Locker, okay, that's all I'm going to say, look at it, are we, are we serious here? Here's the thing with, with, the, with the soap opera with the Mets pitching, okay, I don't care how good your pitching is, I don't care how good your team is, okay, chemistry plays a role, it plays a role. And if the Mets, they'll never do this, okay? It's, it, there's no way that they're going to do this. But if, if, if in, the, in your wildest dreams, the Mets finally said, you know what, the heck with this. We, we, we can't do this anymore. Between, between Harvey, I would, even, I would even put Syndergaard in this list, but that's me personally because, because I, have a, I have an agenda against Syndergaard. But I, just, I, I don't understand why the soap opera has become what it has become. Between those two guys, at a very minimum, if you were to trade them both, DFA them, whatever, I, it just it's it's not. Is it worth the headache anymore? The Mets, the Mets have become such a joke. I mean, just go back to, you know, p- pick a year after the turn of the century, two thousand seven. Is that is that where we want to start? Okay, you, 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 we could argue where you want to start that, but seriously, I mean, the Mets. And the just are just like the Jets. It's just the same old junk, same old garbage. Every time you turn around, there's some new soap opera happening. Even when things are going good or going well, if you're a grammar Nazi like me, why why does why does this stuff always take a turn for the worse? Okay, look, look at I I would even look at the World Series. In 2015, Mets are riding high, and all of a sudden, Familia blows game one. Syndergaard thinks he's got to throw at Alcides Escobar. I mean, really? What? What is happening? I mean, I've just run out of words. I have run out of words to describe what's going on with the Mets. And the Mets don't. Do the Mets even get the benefit of the doubt anymore? I don't think they do. I they. Just, it's it's barely after twelve o'clock and the Mets already make me feel like drinking. That's that's what it's like. All right, but anyway, I believe we have our first guest of the show, which may or may not be Kurt Mackison. Are you there, Kurt? Hi, Jack. What's happening, brother? What are you drinking today? Oh God, I'm just looking around the studio. There's Diet Coke, but I'm hoping that it's laced with something. Now it's not a hundred percent. I mean, these injuries aren't 100% the Mets' fault. No, no. The injuries are not, are, are not the, the problem to me. It's the, it's the, the attitude and this, the, the stuff that is just 
the bogus BS that comes with this stuff. I mean, Noah Syndergaard and his and his antics of refusing to get into an MRI tube and then destroying Jay Horowitz and and Matt Harvey, you know, with what he did in Ploiecki's locker and and everything that that just has you know led to his suspension. So, I mean, so I mean, you know, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, it, it it's the players. Yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, the only thing you can say is, does the Sandy Alderson, Terry Collins regime have some culpability in all this? But, and even if they do, the blame is less on them than it is on these players. Right. I mean, when you look at the Mets and you look at, at, you know, Cespedes, Ioannis Cespedes, is it any surprise he pulls a muscle in his leg every year? The guy does not run hard out of the box ever. No. Which, you know, in, in, if you're investing that kind of money, now I'm not, you know, with the Mets every day, but I can't imagine that he's in the weight room every day. I mean, he's golfing. You know, I can't imagine that there's a total 100%, you know, commitment to winning with him. Now, having said that, I mean, in, in one respect, they really had to re-sign the guy. Oh, absolutely. And that's what makes this whole thing crazy is that he, he was the one guy who had to be re-signed with all that baggage. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So I, I, I just think that, you know, moving forward, um, I'd still like to point out that the Nationals are in first place in that division. And, and who did you select? As the, I, I took the Mets to win that division. Okay. But, so you're jumping off the bandwagon already. Well, it's not that I'm jumping off the bandwagon. I have to stick with my pick. But, I mean, just, I mean, can we, can we call, call what it is? This is? I mean, the Mets are a train wreck of a franchise. Now, who do you think is more of a disappointment? Is it, is it the Mets at this point or the San Francisco Giants? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to have to say the Giants, and here's why. Mets are what two games under five hundred? Yeah. Okay. Giants are what eleven and twenty eight? No, eleven and twenty one. Right. They're like ten under. Okay. the The Mets are at least, you know, close to five hundred. Um, you know, somewhere in the pack of the wild card race if they're not going to catch Washington. You know, the, and and we we know that the Mets are what they are. They're you know, there's always just problems waiting with them. With the Giants, they they're you know they're they're like you know they're a gem of a franchise on the on the other coast. You don't you just don't expect this kind of poor play from them. You know, obviously a couple of injuries have hit them, but not to the degree that the Mets have. The well, the pitching another, has been terrible. A self inflicted injury. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There's there's there's, there's Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. But like, there's a couple. There are a couple of outfielders that that you know got hurt playing. Nothing you can really do about that. Samarja has forgotten how to pitch. You know, it's just it's. Well, Matt, people question that contract when it was signed. Well, yeah, I mean that, was, that he was a, any kind of franchise pitcher. Yeah, I mean, Cueto is, is Cueto your best pitcher right now? And is that anything to write home about? Is that Matt Moore trade really looking any good right now? I mean, Matt Moore through what through through that almost perfect game last year, and uh, you know now what what is he zero and four with a six ERA or is that no that's Samarja? I can't. I, I'm so tired. Did you stay up to watch that game last night? 
I did not. Okay, see, I'm, I'm, I did. So that's why we're, you know, I'm, I'm getting my stats mixed up. But, but the, see, to me, the Giants are the, the bigger problem, or um, the bigger disappointment, because I feel like with the Mets, we've been here. You know? Yeah, and I mean, now the latest internal struggle is, you know, somehow moving, uh, you know, Jose Reyes back to shortstop, and as Dubo Cabrera, who's apparently suffering from, you know, multiple injuries at this point. Right. I think one was a leg, and now he's got the thumb injury. Yeah. Thumb injury, right? So, but he doesn't want to move. Right. And and to me. There's a difference between building a franchise and doing what the Mets have done. And what the Mets have done essentially all the time is put a, you know, develop pitching and put a Band-Aid on everything else. Right. You know, which, which then leads you to have Jay Bruce on your roster. And nothing against Jay Bruce because he's one of the better players for the Mets this year. When you already have multiple outfielders, and you already had to find a spot for Conforto, Michael mm-hmm. Conforto, right? And now you have Jay Bruce. It, it's, but that to me speaks to the way they developed that franchise. I I, can, I definitely agree with that. Now here's here's an interesting question. We we've all we've all seen the writing on the wall with various teams when we see it's time to break it down and rebuild it. Okay, um, the Mets. Seem like they're 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 teetering close to that, but they they were in the World Series two years ago. They were in the playoffs last year and and came within one pitch of possibly you know actually advancing to the division series. Um, injuries aside, like normal injuries aside, their pitching staff, you know, the names are pretty good. Now, names do nothing if you're not out on the field pitching. Does this is this the time for the Mets to break it all down and just start anew? Well, you know the the one thing that that is interesting, you know, about that question is you look at the way the Yankees did it, and it was you know offloading certain assets. So right. they had a, a Carlos Beltran, they had a, a Aldis Chapman, you know, that they were able to leverage and, and get players back in. I'm not so sure the Mets have anybody that that uh, other teams, you know, in the major leagues would be clamoring for. Maybe a Curtis Granderson, but to me, you're not going to get the haul back for him like you did for an Aroldis Chapman. I completely agree. Even Matt Harvey's stock has dropped. If you put Matt Harvey up on the block, what are you going to get? Austin Romine back for him? I don't – I wouldn't even do that trade. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, that's a key, that's a key point. So – you know, I don't know where, you know, there's a lot of head-scratching going on at City Field, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, it all comes back to also a, an ill-advised um, transaction that I think occurred was letting, you know, Daniel Murphy go and what I think was a really undervalued contract with the Washington Nationals. Right. You know, your division rivals. Now, you can say all you want, you know, people try to put Murphy in a perfect world. We're not saying he's he's Robbie Alomar. Right, no. But the guy is a professional hitter. Right. Maybe he's a defensive liability, but the guy has shown that he can hit. Well, I I, I don't I wouldn't put him in a defensive liability category. I I think he was a, a neutral defensive player. So in other words, I'm not relying on him to to make the great plays. 
But by the same token, you know, he's not going to make more errors than – it's not like putting Steve Sachs at third base. Right, right. And it's probably his, – his baseball IQ is still probably slightly higher than that of Starlin Castro. Well, any, anybody's baseball <laughs> IQ, which is funny because – the guy can flat out. That's the guy who flat out can hit too. Exactly, exactly. He he's leading the league. He's leading the league in hitting. He can flat out hit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, the way I look at Starlin Castro, is probably the the way I look at Daniel Murphy um, as well. If that's the biggest problem on your team, then you've got a pretty good team. Yeah, that's very true. You know, you know what I mean? Like if Starlin Castro is the Yankees' biggest problem. And the fact that he'll make a boneheaded base running play every now and again, and you know he'll he'll be lackadaisical in the field and and make an error when he shouldn't. You got a pretty good team, right? That's kind of like having Robinson Cano on your team. If he's if your if your biggest problem is that you know he's you know not jogging hard to first, yeah, jaking it to first base. Exactly. That's 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 actually you're still probably having a, having a good year. You're having a real good year, and um, but I, I think it's I think the Mets downfall started with that decision to let Murphy go. Right. I mean, without, from my understanding, really without any kind of competitive offer. Right. Like, it's not like they put it, they put it, you know, you know, three years and a respectable amount of money on the table and said, you know, what do you think? And he just walked away from it. Right. And, you know, and I understand that they're locked up with, with David Wright, which has been, you know, their Achilles heel for, right. for, for really a while. It might be time to just um, cut him loose. Well, I mean, that's the question because how many guys do you know that have had those kind of significant, and your idol had this, yeah. significant back problems have been able to come back from that? Donnie Baseball couldn't do it, and, and it looks like David Wright's not going to be able to do it. I mean, you can't, you just can't count on him. And, and the dude's a nice dude, you know? Just, it's just that this is, this is a horrendous injury, and... We just, I, you know, I feel like you have to move on from him. If you want to continue to pay him, fine. I, it's not my money, you know, but you cannot. Well, you're going to have to. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 which brings up another point, a, l- a little bit off subject, but you still have to laugh at the Mets about that whole Bobby Bonilla situation. Oh, God, yes. So what are they paying him? 1.2 or 1.9 million for until 20. 20- 23? Something like that. Something like that. Because he, they didn't want to pay him, I, and I know this is the figure, they didn't want to pay him five, uh, $5.9 million in, uh, what year was that? 1684. 2001, something to that. Amount. Right. So what they did was they came to an agreement that they're going to defer the money, and this guy's getting, I think it's 1.9, because they at that time... What, what they did is with the deferral, they're paying them eight percent interest a year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, sign me up for that. Uh, hey, I'll take that right now. Um. So he is uh, the Bobby. You, know, Bo- you ever see the Bobby Bonilla All Stars? Like the, some of these things where they do the articles where they say like the top nine players who are still getting paid today. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, either these guys are geniuses or those clubs are dumb. Well, and that's when the Mets had the cash flow problems with the, the Bernie Madoff, right? You know, situation. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know which you know which way they turn. I'm not here to tell you know tell any owner how to spend his or her money. But 
you know, I, I think they, you're probably right. They probably have to eat their David Wright contract. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, will they have the shortstop of the future, Rosario? Yeah, yeah, he's the next uh, guy coming up. What, I think, is he at double-A right now? He was at double-A last year. Okay, so he could be... My thought is he's probably at triple-A. He's probably in Las Vegas now, okay. But, you know, at, at some point, I mean, they've got older players blocking some of these younger players. Right. Like at first base, Lucas Duda is there. Now, yeah. Lucas Duda is Lucas Duda. And when Lucas Duda, Duda is, is Lucas Duda, <laughs> he's Lucas Duda. He's Luke, Moss. And, and listen, Lucas Duda <laughs> hates Lincoln. Hates him. Great actor. Duda hates Lincoln. Duda, Duda hates Lincoln. But, um, you know, so they're blocking some of their, their younger players at this point. Um, I think think at this point Conforto's an everyday player. I think he's proven that, yes. So, you, you know, to me they have to somehow break that log jam, you know, in the outfield and what they probably need is a good you know, kind of like Michael Brantley injury where a guys going to be lost for the entire season. Right. And uh, maybe be able to offload Jay Bruce in that kind of situation right. or Granderson. Right. You know that's that's what that's what they need, and it's going to come around where a contender's going to lose, you know, one of their cornerstone outfielders for a significant period, and they're and they're going to have to make a move. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I I just I I kind of as you're saying this, I I started to get the idea that within a year, the Mets outfield will probably be Cespedes, Lagaris, Conforto, and Brandon Nimmo. And that's going to be like a you know like like a something of an upgrade just because the logjam is gone, the the contracts are are mostly gone. You know, if 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 Cespedes, you know, pulls up lame from a golf game again, it's you're not hurting yourself, right? You know, and you know, I just I these I think it's time to just start cutting bait with some of these guys. And the, and the other thing too is they they have you can't depend depend on anybody behind the plate. No. No, if Rene Rivera is your most consistent catcher, what does that say? Right, and Darno is just an injury waiting to happen. Exactly. I mean, he can hit, but he, is it time to put Darno at first or third? Well, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, it's not like that's the sure tonic because this guy's bat's always on fire. Right, right, and it's not like it's not like he's you know Joe Mauer. Where you can you know you can transition him to first. He's a team first guy, and you know he's still going to continue to to rake. No, but I mean, they, I think they have that Smith kid who's their, one of their top prospects too. That's the first baseman. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith. Yeah. So he's probably the first baseman of the future. So you might, right. if, if anything, Darno is looking to move to third. Yeah. So yeah, it's just. I mean, the Yankees have have made. A living off of trading off their excess catchers, Maybe right? The Mets can do the same. No, it's, I mean, you can't swing a dead cat around baseball without hitting a former Yankees catcher. This is very true, and, and most, especially in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, Pitts, Pittsburgh is like the the uh, the breeding ground for former Yankee catchers. For insane ball players too. There's that too. Yeah, because because you know when and I love the guy Francisco Cervelli. Yeah, is. Appears rational compared to the fact that you had Sean Rodriguez on your team, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Cervelli, Cervelli, I love Cervelli too, and it's just a shame that 
he got caught up in 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 that PED stuff and basically I think I really think that sunk him because they looked at him with A-Rod and said we got to get rid of one of these guys to prevent further problems. Can't get rid of A-Rod right now. Well, I think it was that, but it also had, you know, at that time they did have a glut of catchers and they had to open up space even down down chain, you know, yeah. because if you have you know, even say Cervelli was that that uh you know, triple uh, A to major league talent. They still had to make room for Romine and John Ryan Murphy. But at the same time, I mean, did it was it necessary then that they turned around and brought in Brian McCann? Well, that always perplexed me a, a little bit. Except, I think that he was a left-handed hitter, right? And they and we all know that they they drool over lefties. Right, and I think part of that was that that McCann was going to because you have to remember back at that time Gary Sanchez was not um, a surefire. Hey, this this guy's going to make it. Now they've had him since sixteen years old, right? And they've had some ups and downs with him. As yes, well. they have. Yes, they have. So that nobody knew Gary Sanchez was going to be the Gary Sanchez. So when Gary Sanchez when got, is Gary Sanchez, well, when they got him, when they got. Brian McCann, then I think the idea was that he was going to uh, be able to cultivate this young catcher, whoever that might be. Right. Uh, and as he got older, DH and split time, kind of like what they did with Joe Girardi and Jorge Posada. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that, well, that's see, and to me, that's why. I thought that the the Brian McCann Francisco Cervelli tandem would have been, you know, an, an equally good option because that's how I kind of saw that, you know. And, and, and that's also why I kind of thought that there was a possibility that after unloading the guys that you did at the end of last year, you could have kept Brian McCann and, and carried three catchers this, this coming year. Now, obviously, they didn't do that, but, you know, I didn't see them signing Matt Holliday either. So, I mean. Well, I, I think that um, getting rid of McCann was the right move. Oh, I agree. I Austin, Austin Romine, I think it's proven himself both hitting and, you know, behind the plate as right. being a, a major league talent. Yes. So I think, in you know, in fairness to him, and I think to Girardi's problem, you know, down the line is going to be to, because you want Sanchez to play as much as he can, uh, is now going to be finding at-bats for Romine other than once a week. Right, right. Um, and I think that that's going to be, you know, the issue, we don't have that same problem in the outfield, outfield because guess what? And you want to get Hicks in the lineup as much as he can because he's a streaky hitter and he needs to be in the lineup every day. He does. He does. But the issue you have there is that both Jacoby Ellsbury and Brett Gardner will get hurt. Right. That's what they do. I mean, that's like, you know, that's a given. Yeah. That's, that's so, like saying, hey, uh, do you need oxygen to live? Yeah. Well, they're going to get hurt. They're going to get hurt. Yeah. So, you know, the issue there is is less of an issue because they're you're going to be able to find time for that. Right. Now, the the interesting thing will be to see what happens if and when Tyler Austin, you know, gets help. Right. Because he's you know he's another super utility guy that should be playing or or could you know if he if he remains hot if he if he gets hot at the you know at the plate you got to find you know somewhere for him to play whether it be first third left or right. So, or he becomes trade bait. 
send him yeah, send I him mean, to uh, real, you know send him to Pittsburgh. Bait, the real trade bait at this point, real trade bait. I mean, is in my opinion actually Aaron Hicks. That's 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 a good point. That's a good point. You know, because he's almost proving himself to be an everyday player. Right. Except with the Ellsbury contract, there's no no long term future would seem for him. Right. Um, unless they happen to jettison Gardner, um, who might be more. But I just think that Gardner brings that clubhouse element that you wouldn't want to disrupt that Yankee clubhouse too much. Well, the other thing, too, is prior to this season, I thought Gardner should have been gone because he's just not running at all. This year, all of a sudden, he starts stealing bases, and now he, you know, he and, and Ellsbury, you know, you know, swipe second more often than not, and now all of a sudden that dynamic is back, and you think, oh wow, there's actually use for Brett Gardner. Yeah, you know, if he's not running, then yeah, he's he's pointless. He's like a conga player in church, just absolutely useless. So, you know, but 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 if he's going to run, then all of a sudden, new ball game. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, but I, I see what you're saying about Hicks, and the question is going to be whether, you know, how, if the Yankees remain in it, you know, is he trade bait after the season? Right. You know, because I don't know if they're going to be willing to give up, give him up midseason right now if they're going to remain competitive. Well, and they're going to remain, you know, highly competitive. Right. That, that's the other thing. It's not just competitive. Hey, we're, I mean, you know, if these young players just remain status quo for the rest of the year, uh, obviously they're going to have to get more production out of Bird, right? And hopefully get them healthy. But if they remain status quo, they're a World Series contender. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I mean, and we we can maybe I'll hang on a little bit after the break, and we can go through this. But the the Cubs proved that that pitching wise last year may have been a mirage. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. So uh, if you can hang, we'll, we'll do the break real quick, and then uh, I know you've got to get out of here soon, but let's break and then a uh, couple of minutes, and then you can get back to your real life. Okay. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. There you go. We're going to take a uh, quick break here at uh, halftime here on the show. Uh, we come back. We'll, uh, we'll have Kurt with us for a couple more minutes. Then we'll take your phone calls at 609-460-4673. Uh, see if uh, any surprises hop on the line. I'll uh, make a couple of really bad jokes since I'm by myself, and we'll go from there. Anyway. Quick break, back after this, right here on the Strike Zone. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm John. Do you have trouble navigating social media for your online marketing, whether it be for your business or social life? I don't know what I do, Carrie. I need help on both ends. <laughs> well, on our show, like, comment, share, we'll discuss some innovative strategies and fun tips so anyone can become social media savvy. We'll also cover the trending topics and hashtags of that day. Ooh, trending topics. Check us out every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. at panjradio.com. And it's a live show, and you can call us while we're on air at 609-460-4673 or email us at lcs at panjradio.com. See you then. See you then. What if your mattress not only helped you sleep better at night, it also helped you heal better? Chiromatic of Princeton's mattresses are clinically proven to reduce back pain and stiffness and improve overall sleep quality. 
Now in our 40th year, our patented sports mattress line specifically targets muscle recovery as you sleep. Chiromatic of Princeton prides itself on great customer service, too. We show our mattresses by appointment only. Contact us at 908-200-5549 for your personal tour at our Princeton Junction, New Jersey showroom. Use the coupon code RADIO and get $100 off at checkout. We always include free shipping and our 100-night better sleep money-back guarantee with every purchase. Chiromatic of Princeton Sleep Systems, doctor recommended, patient approved. The chiropractor's choice for a perfect night's sleep. So call us today at 908-200-5549 and use the coupon code RADIO. That's 908-200-5549 and use the coupon code RADIO for $100 off now. PANJ Radio serves the Delaware River towns of Lambertville, New Jersey, and New Hope, Pennsylvania, as well as surrounding counties Bucks, Hunterdon, and Mercer. Now, there's a great new app for your smartphone to help you get the best deals in Lambertville and New Hope, including restaurant discounts, plus a handy directory of everything happening here, a calendar of events like live musical performances and gallery openings, and listings on everything from where to get the best pizza to the best parking spot. You can download the app for free in no time by searching for Lambertville New Hope on your smartphone's app page. But there's more. Got a business you'd like advertised on the app? Have we got a deal for you. Just go to lnhapp.com, click Choose Your Plan, then submit coupon code PANJRADIO. Our code will save you the $39.99 setup charge. Once again, go to www.lnhapp.com and click the Choose Your Plan, then add the coupon code PANJRADIO to save the $39.99 setup charge on your business listing. The cost to promote your business on the LNH app is just $9.99 per month or $100 for the entire year. And remember, downloading and using the app is absolutely free. And by using the PANJ Radio code, you pay no setup charge. It's our way of thanking you for listening to PANJ Radio, your Delaware River Towns community radio station. All right. Welcome back to the Strike Zone, everyone. Jack Furlong here, taking your call, 609-460-4673. And, of course, our good buddy Kurt Maxson is still on the phone with us for another couple of minutes. Kurt, you still there? I am here, Jack. It's amazing that the technology still works. Yes. Yeah, so it's not like it's the Even 21st century. dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, real quick, where do you want to, you know, I know you got to go. So, you, any final thoughts you want to you wanna throw out on some the, of the stuff? I thought the, the Cubs-Yankees series was, was very defining, even though it's, it's still early. Uh, I do think, and I may be wrong on this, but I do think it kind of stamped the Yankees as a legitimate contender. Oh, you you uh, could definitely make that point. Year. You could definitely make that point. And I do think it also stamped the Cubs as, I wouldn't say in a panic mode, but they have to be very, very concerned about their starting pitching, yes. I would think. Yes, well, well, I mean, hey, look, last night Lester 
Le- Le- when did Lester give up those last couple? He did- well, let, let, let's put it this way. In terms of Lester, I'm not going to get on him too much. Right. But his splits between home and away are atrocious. Right, right. So that to me, that bears watching. Okay. But, but I mean, you know, um, now you could, you know, make the point that the Cubs deserved a better fate, you know, on Friday night. Yes. However, they didn't have Wade Davis. Yep. And... So they didn't have Wade Davis. So when that happens, the Yankees they don't have a Rolls Chapman, who wasn't at his best either. Right. Over the weekend, um, they still can come in with Clippard or, or Batances. Right. Now, in fairness, too, um, you know they also they also caught them at you know kind of the right time. You know, you you just played an extra inning game against Philly on. Uh, on Thursday, and you you've used Wade Davis x number of days in a row. So, you know, I feel like I feel like you know, there's some some gray area there. You know what I'm saying? Well, I do understand what you're saying, but I guess my point was when you know we had a similar situation with with the the Yankees. It was last year. It was because Girardi felt compelled that any time the game was close, that he had to to leave it up to his um, back into the bullpen, right? Which we all know is you know really good, but at the same time, we still sometimes. I don't know if you feel this way. You ever just find yourself scratching your head at both Batances and Chapman sometimes? More Batances than Chapman, yeah. Uh, because I mean, there are some games where you just look at at, at Dellen Batances and, you, and you're like, you can't you can't hit this guy exactly. And then there are other games where it's like he's very hittable. He's he's like now, a right-handed John Lester in that if you're on first base, you will be on second base. Yeah, but but he's also hittable. Chapman to me, I put in a different bucket, and that's you know some some days it'd be scary to face him because of his lack of control. Right, it's very I mean, true. You want to get in there at 100 miles an hour? He doesn't even know where it's going. Ask Anthony Rizzo's wrist. Yeah, you know, I mean that thing blew up, you know, to at least double the size yesterday after he got hit. Right. Uh, so I put that in a little bit of a a different category, but I also think, you know, watching the Yankees all those years with Mariano Rivera, we kind of got spoiled. That's true. Just yeah. A bit. Yeah. No, you're absolutely um, right. You can't, you know, you you can't compare things to that because Rivera, when Rivera is Rivera, there's nobody I mean, better than Rivera. Red Sox were able to hit Rivera is that they just faced them so so dang much exactly uh, after you know after a while and you, you know so I look at closers and I say what you know that's why the the guys like Trevor Hoffman are, are such phenoms because right. the the shelf life of of you know back end relievers is not you know that that long where they're totally totally effective I mean. Hey, give you a blast from the past. Eric Gagne is signed with the Long Island. Cubs. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Now, remember the few years he had with all the consecutive saves and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, but would that last? Maybe I'm thinking four year period. And yeah, and then don't forget also then he was linked to PEDs and there was all the trades between Texas and Boston and Milwaukee and God knows who right. else. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You know, he had a certain number of dominant years. Right. And, um, you know, that's most 
mostly what you see with relievers. Yeah. Um, you don't. You, you know, to me, you didn't want to be David Robertson. You didn't want to have to replace the legend. You never. Well, you never want to be the guy who replaces the guy. Right. You know, that's that's everywhere in life. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be the guy taking over for the legend. Now, so. and the Yankees have been pretty good in this regard because even the year, you know, that Rivera got hurt, they were able to, you know, put uh, Soriano. Right, which was a deal that they that Cashman did not want to make. Right. You know, which is ironic. But then they're like, yeah, we liked you for a year, but. Yeah, now we don't like you anymore. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks you. Thank you. Go take your shirt out from your pants somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, I think that, uh, and there's another factor involved too. I, I think that, you know, Joe Madden got his more than 15 minutes of fame with this. Oh, totally. And we all know that this was, you know, I mean, talk about foreshadowing panic mode. Joe Madden did everything to lose game seven of the world series and he still won it. So he still won it. Yeah. So he got his 15 minutes of fame. Now, you know, Aaron Boone was on last night saying how he manages his clubhouse, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when you hear that, though, it's funny because you think of Joe Torrey. Right. And I think of, now, if I were to say to you, what was Joe Torrey's Achilles heel? Because, you know what, I'm not dismissing what Joe Torrey did in coming into a situation. He still had to deal with George Steinbrenner being George Steinbrenner. Still had to deal with a number of when Steinbrenner is Steinbrenner personalities in that clubhouse, right? You know when they bring in a Daryl Strawberry and a, a Dwight Gooden and you know Roger Clemens and guys like that. So I'm not dismissing what Joe Torre did, but if 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 I were to say to you, Jack, what what was Joe Torre's one Achilles heel? Bullpen usage. Bullpen usage. Yeah. I mean, how many how many times to use Scott Proctor that one year. And Scott Proctor is has his right arm on a table right now somewhere. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I well, and in fairness too, uh, anytime Aaron Boone opens his mouth, do we pay attention to it much? No, because <laughs> you, you ruined your career playing pickup basketball. Exactly, exactly. And not to mention you know nothing about the game. I will always go back to Aaron Boone and that, that rules test that that right. they, that they put out on ESPN and how he got one out of ten right. Yep. And and now he's on Sunday Night but Baseball. That's most, but that's most announcers. That's true. You know, and and then and that's what we you and I have to live with at the field is that they're spouting out incorrect information. Like I I saw a video of a um a umpire who made the correct call. This is a major league game where and I can't think of the batter offhand, but the batter overswung. Out of the batter's box. Oh yeah, this this was the. Longoria, I think it was. Well, wait, was this was this uh, the Angels in Toronto recently? Uh, maybe, maybe it was. Where he steps out and he hits him with the backswing. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that was I remember that. Yep. And so, what did the announcer say? Well, he was just swinging. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't leave the batter's box. Right. That is, at that point, it's interference. Right. You know, so. They know nothing, and it's the same thing, you know, when they talk about, you know, is he out of the baseline? Right. Um, or, or I think they're most, they're pitiful at interference obstruction. Right, yeah, very true. Because I don't even know if they know what the word obstruction means, so. The, the announcers are pitiful at that. Right. Because there was a Garden Variety one um, where 
Adam Dunn, when he was playing on the White Sox, was just, he blocked Torrey Hunter's path to first base uh-huh. for no reason. So, you know, and then Osmus gets, I think it was Osmus, gets ejected arguing that, and it, like, you couldn't even argue it. Right. No, you know who it was? I'm sorry, it wasn't Osmus. It was uh, Robin Ventura. Yeah. He got yeah. ejected arguing that when it was impossible to argue with. Right. I agree. Like, yeah. Your big lummox first baseman was in the way. Yeah. Like without the ball. That's called obstruction. Well, he was picked off. Mm. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I mean, you know, moving forward of, of the, the, you know, in terms of baseball, I, you know, you're when you watch the Yankees, you're just hoping they can keep up this current pace. If you're watching the Mets, you're just hoping they get they get healthy. But the other thing we have to add in about their rebuild is, you know, is 70-year-old Terry Collins the guy that's, that's going to take them to the next level? Right. Well, let me ask you this. If he's not, who is? Yep. Because it seems like Wally Backman's no longer the answer. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not even in the organization anymore. So, so who's, who's the heir apparent? I don't even know if Alderson's going to be there. I mean, he took that job kind of reluctantly in the first place. Well, true. You know, I I, I don't know if Alderson actually has any of his cards. Line. I don't even know if he knows what game he's playing sometimes. Maybe they can get that dude going to prison for, for hacking the Astros computer system. That sounds like a wonderful idea. That might be the smartest thing anyone has ever said about anything ever. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> You know, the way they're going. Hey. At least that guy's got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got schematics. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a plan. Because yeah. he, he, he took it from the Astros. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's probably got representation, too. You would think. Yeah, so. You got anything else? I know you got to run. You probably stayed on longer than you anticipated. Yeah, I mean, you know, football, we're, we're, we're on the back end of the draft, thankfully. Right. Um, you know, it's all about positioning now. There's still some, you know, minor player acquisition, but if you're specifically the, you know, if you're the Jets, you're you're looking to acquire talent any way you can. Did you hear um, about that? Uh, did you hear about that arrest this morning or last night too? What's that? Uh, God, I forget. I forget who it was. One of the wide receivers for the Jets was arrested at a music festival for for a felony of like resisting arrest and things like that. Jets made it known recently, within the last couple of hours, that they're aware of it. But that's that's all we know at this well, point. That's good for the Jets that they're aware of these. Exactly. Things. But they, exactly. I mean, they got rid of Marcus Gilchrist, which we talked about. I think a little bit. We last did. Week, we did. Drafting the safety. Yep. They didn't prick up the fifth-year option on, on Calvin Pryor, which was not unexpected since you drafted two safeties. Exactly. No, that was kind of the writing on the wall. Right. So I mean, they're in full throes of. Rebuild. Uh, Jay Cutler took a gig on television, right. so he's out of the quarterback mix. I mean, they're going to go with McCowan here, and from what I hear, um, they're they're going to be looking, taking a good, long, hard look at Hackenberg. Well, I mean, you, um, you did. See if there's any any there there. You did. You did draft him when you did. If you didn't do that, you'd have a bunch of people running their heads into a wall, thinking, "What am I missing?" Yeah, I think, the, and and from the Giants' standpoint, I think they're going to be hopefully in player acquisition mode because, you know, with all the things as they're panning out across the league, I mean, they are 
they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Right. Um, you know, I know John Mark said last week that the Eagles probably have a longer-term game plan, but realistically, I, I don't think they're far away, except I, if I were them, I'd like a little more help in the secondary, specifically a cornerback. Right, yeah. But, um, you know, maybe they're going to wait to see if uh, Sidney Jones pans out, you know, for next season. But, you know, if you're them, don't you want to get Carson Wentz into a playoff game? even if Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean... You're in that you're in that time frame now where you start you start shuffling the deck a little bit and saying let's see what kind of cards we can we can deal out and what we can you know what we can come up with what kind of hand we can put together you you do have time on your side it is May but at the same time you do want to start getting your ducks in a row so I I, cer- yeah. I certainly understand I mean I feel I feel I just feel like there shouldn't be unless you're the Jets and we all know that they're the Jets because when the Jets are the Jets they're the Jets uh, you know. It's it's when not the Jets, the Jets. There's nobody worse, right? <laughs> Maybe Lincoln, <laughs> but but you know, the, I just feel like it's not panic mode yet. You can still continue to debate what your next move is without you know freaking out at this point. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure you're aware of that. I just I just get the sense that you know. Maybe some people just, you know, fans aren't aware of that. And then who knows? Maybe the casual fan is just, you know, they're probably obsessed with other well, sports I, right I now think anyway. That, that direction has to be given from, you know, Woody Johnson that, hey, listen, you know, maybe this team now, maybe this team isn't, you know, ready to compete. Right. I, 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 I don't think there's any way in hell that, that they're going to be able to deal Sheldon Richardson with his history and his salary. And they just might as well cut bait and you know move on do you think he's salvageable uh, I think they could savage uh, mo wilkerson so you so, think you think wilkerson is salvageable but not richardson i think you have to pick your poison yeah if, from where i stand uh yeah i i i have to say that i think it's wilkerson rather than richardson i think i think that's probably an accurate assessment i'd probably say the same thing so you know uh I mean, as we talked about last week, their line isn't bad. You know, if these young safeties develop real quickly, and that's not an impossibility in today's NFL, you know, for these guys. I mean, it takes a little longer for cornerbacks. Um, you know, but a safety can come in and be impactful. We saw that with um, Keanu Neal with the Atlanta Falcons last year. No relation so it, to Keanu Reeves, of course. No. no. But it's it's possible, right? Right. So, no, it is. Uh, you know, I think... You know, their defense is definitely going to have to carry, you know, the day. And uh, I still don't know what they're going to do on the offensive line. Maybe they've got it figured out. But, uh, well, we'll you know, that we'll see. Yep. You know, on the Eagles' end, I, I'd like a little more help in that secondary. I know he got – Harry Roseman got, you know, some receivers for Wentz to throw to with, you know, Torrey Smith and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, which will make them a better team, and they've already had good tight ends. They're probably looking more at a running back. Are they going to bring? You know, is Ryan Matthews definitely coming back? Are they going to restructure his contract? You know, what's going on there? I mean, Matthews is a productive NFL back. He's just never, never healthy. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. So, but but they got time. They got time to figure this stuff out. It is yeah. May. You know. And probably the biggest story this week that we'll talk about into next week is. Can the Rangers figure out a way 
who play 60 full minutes of hockey. Oh, okay, that's where you were going. I thought you were going somewhere else, but I can't say that on the air where I thought <laughs> you were going. So it's probably, it's probably best that we just can't leave that there. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I, you're, I think, yeah, next week we'll probably be chatting a little Rangers and whatnot. So, well, thanks It'll for. Either, post, either their post mortem or, gee, they, you know, got the real bullet there. Exactly. In the conference final. Yeah. Not sure how they got that one done. I have no idea which way it's going to go. No. No. You got a better chance of seeing Jesus than predicting this one. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for popping on. I know you stayed a little longer than you probably wanted to, but uh, we'll chat uh, next week in studio. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. man. That's Kurt Mackison, our good buddy and uh, and co-host of the show here, popping on. I know he was busy, had some things to do, and uh, I appreciate him staying longer than uh, than I think he really wanted to. Let me get a couple of uh, housekeeping businesses out of the way. Um, looks like we may, may not get to Sportsmanship Matters, but let me give you the read on it real quick. Brought to you by the OSIP Foundation Incorporated, where OSIP stands for Outstanding Sportsmanship is Paramount. OSIP hosts various free trivia nights in the area each week. This week will be at Jake's Pub in Richboro on Wednesday at 8 p.m., uh, we've got about two minutes. If anyone wants to call in, 609-460-4673. Uh, chat real quick uh, before we sign off for the day. The, uh, the, the Baltimore-Boston feud that we were going to talk about in Sportsmanship Matters um, came down to this, really. Uh, there was a, a, a slide by uh, Manny Machado in a game about two weeks ago on a weekend uh, that where uh, there was an injury to Dustin Pedroia. And uh, let, me put it, let me just flat out say it. Not a dirty slide. Not a dirty slide. Legal slide. Messy, I can see that, but completely legal. In fact, the only reason that that slide turned out the way that it did was because the throw from Xander Bogarts was, was not good. And instead of Pedroia being able to pivot like a, like a second baseman and try and turn a double play, he turned into a first baseman just trying to secure one out, and that led to Machado's spike going into uh, the calf of Pedroia. Not a dirty slide. Legal slide. It should be done. Okay, on Sunday, Matt Barnes throws at Machado's head, four-game suspension. Okay, it goes into the next week or the following week when the, when there's the series back up in Boston. Uh, it includes Chris Sale throwing behind Machado after uh, Mookie Betts got hit. Whether there was intent there, who knows? Uh, it includes the the racial slurs that were thrown at Adam Jones from unruly Boston fans, uh, including a bag of peanuts being thrown at him. Um, and and comment later from you know from CC Sabathia from, of the Yankees basically saying yeah look there's only about 50 African Americans in in Major League Baseball right now at big leagues uh, we kind of expect this stuff from Boston when we go there really really Boston really and you wonder you wonder why there's such a problem there sometimes anyway Chris Sale then after allowing you know things to kind of settle down with the racial stuff then throws behind Machado as if this stuff is not done yet. And then finally, the commissioner and Joe Torre get on the phone with both, both teams, say enough is enough. And at the, at, in, the, in the Wednesday night game, all of a sudden, uh, uh, Kevin Gaussman throws a 70-mile-an-hour curveball that slips out of his hand and uh, hits him, hits, I believe it was Machado, in, in the back, uh, and uh, he gets ejected right away. And everyone goes crazy. Listen, you can't tell me the umpire's hands weren't tied there. Okay, Sam Holbrook. Yeah, I know he screwed up a couple of things as an umpire before, but this—it's gone on way too far. Okay, it's ridiculous. The whole—the whole idea of plunking in baseball is stupid to begin with. Okay, maybe we'll get into that another time. I know we've gotten into that on the blog before. 
Okay, but this this whole thing has got to stop. It is a so. If I want to watch soap operas, I'll tune into daytime TV. Okay, ridiculous. Oh, and one other thing, I wanted to just real quick. I had a uh, I had a Twitter conversation earlier today, uh, where uh, someone was trying to suggest that uh, Yankees send down uh, Rob Refsnyder to bring up another reliever tonight, and I uh, wanted to explain why that makes zero sense. Real simple. Uh, National League Park need versatile position players uh, on your bench for pinch hitting stuff, and I just wanted to get to that because it was going to be a a real uh, talk sports talk radio moment where I was I really wanted to be like, what are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? You know, come on, come on! You 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 were wasting my time with that kind of you know another another Francesian type of thing. But we ran out of time, so we'll get to that another time. It's not really in my DNA to be that mean anyway. Although I do have to have opinions on this show if I want to get ratings. Anyway, that's strike three. I'm afraid this at-bat's over. Thanks to Kurt for calling in. I know he was busy. Back with you live next Monday at noon Eastern. Until then, reach us on Twitter at Jack Furlong, at KurtMac23, respectively. Check out the show's blog, osifoundation.org, slash the strike zone, as well as the Facebook page, facebook.com, slash strike zone, P-A-N-J radio. Until next time, don't get caught looking in the strike zone.